Hey guys, I'm back for four more chapters. Are you ready for the first chapter of this episode? Let's begin. They were coming. I explained to Aaron and Serena the bad men were preparing to converse on our little sanctuary. The cave was no longer safe. I knew it was now or never. Okay, we can do this, said Aaron. Me too, said Serena. Without, within minutes, I'd gathered up my two ambassadors to begin the harbor. We each drank from the canteen, getting Aaron to his feet was more about cords than muscle. He seemed about ten terrifying pounds lighter than when I last saw him. He barely stood upright, even with my support. Serena, Serena could topple him just by tugging on his sleeve. We have only one shot at this, I began my speech. We have to get their car. He didn't respond. I continued, play Hobson. We have to get the SUV he was in. I'm guessing they parked somehow on the stretch of road above our wreck. If it's still there, it's, it's our one chance. I glanced at his face. I already... I had already composed the rebuttal to his upcoming rebuttal. Believe me, I looked, I said. I looked for a random car, for a cop, a hiker, payphone, a wad, a promising trash, anything, any hope. I tried the words. I tried to get to 89, but Clay blocked the way. Aaron's face was unmoved. I don't know if it was stoicism or loss of blood, but his reaction was as calm as as could be expected. You you have got to get to the SUV if you follow the river upstream past where we crashed. There's a steep grade leaning up to where we went off the highway. It's going to be a tough climb, but it's our only chance. If my wife wants me to climb, he said with a smile, then, ladies and gentlemen, I'm climbing. Serena was walking alongside us. She would normally get carried by him across town like this, but Ellen wouldn't have enough strength. So I crouched down to be eye level with my new lieutenant. Hey, little koala, how, how are you and your cute paws? Okay, said Serena. Thank you for being a good nurse. Now I'm going to promote you to min- Minister of Security and Transportation. Can you handle that job? Okay. I looked up at Aaron and smiled at him. His voice was undeniably grim. You're not coming with us, are you? I could hear him trying to hide his concern. I felt so sorry for them. 
I have mowed it over a thousand ways, I replied. This is the only one that has a chance. Your transport minister doesn't approve, he joked, half joking. See how I looked up at him and then over at me. Sees the ward's festiest four-year-old, but you never guessed it. Here, see seemed to sense the intensity of the situation, even though I'll build updates. I kissed her and stood up. As much as I hated to part ways, I turned around and started my journey. Wait, said Evan. Why head to the SUV if we can't even unlock the door? I knew my answer would lead to more questions, and none of us had the time nor the blood sugar for it. So I replied without turning back. Because I'm gonna get because I'm gonna go get the keys. Then you have it. There is the first chapter of this episode. Ready for the second chapter of this episode? Let's begin. They went one way, I went the other. If you drew it in the dirt, you'd have a diagram that looked like a badly written V. Actually, a curvy V, like a board, sort of. I didn't want to turn around to look. I was denying finally tea and looking back meant capturing a mental image that I couldn't afford to fixate on. But several minutes later, I couldn't stop myself. They were a half mile away from me, my poor slow-moving duo. I tailed up. I knew I would. They put their entire trust in me and were doing the impossible against medical wisdom and self-preserving instinct. They limped along. I watched them disappear. And then I started bowing, hard. Suck up the tears, babe. No jeopardizing the mist now. I had my agenda and my work cut out for me. The plan was to get to the SUV driver's body. Hopefully, they hadn't moved it. Hopefully, his keys were still in his pocket. Get the keys and one like I have never won to get back. <coughs> it was still lying where he died at the bottom of the grade. Surrounded by the rocks that had ended his life. I felt horrible all over again, but was relieved to see that animals hadn't found him yet. I had a tremendous un- intentional civil as I patted his pockets, doing everything I could not to look at him, not to breathe him. Looking for these, my heart stopped. Clay Hobson stood there, keys held out, jingling slightly. I had to think fast. I stood up, held my hands up to show I meant no harm. I'm just trying to get my daughter and get out of here. 
I know my husband did things. I know that now. I wanted the keys to drive me and my daughter to the police station. They stayed still. I expected more smooth talking from Clay, but he was simply standing there, staring at me. It was the other guy who spoke first, which was odd. He was odd, agitated. He turned to Clay and said, she's lying. Then, then he turned to me and said, you're lying. He aimed his rifle right at me. But Clay chimed in, Terrence, I hoped his way of saying don't. Get on your knees, he shouted at me, his rifle emphasizing his fury. He was thrusting it toward me like a jab with an invisible bayonet on your knees. While Terrence kept his gun aimed, Clay made a show of slinging his rifle onto his back. I kept my hands halfway up. I absolutely did not want to provoke unnecessary bullets in my direction. No, thank you. My hands were going to remain very visible. Don't shoot her, Terrence, said Clay calmly, authoritatively. Then tell her not to move. Miranda, said Clay, nice to meet you face to face. Please don't move. I won't. I won't, I said, beginning to kneel. My husband is mortally wounded. I'm here to negotiate. In fact, I cleared my throat. I already have a proposition that you won't want to refuse. Liar, said Terence, was clearly on edge. Relax, Terence, said Clay. I'm on your team, Miranda, he said. I'm willing to compromise in every way possible, but I need you to take me to Aaron first. That's the only condition on my end. The reason is timing. We don't have time, Clay continued. No, wait, let me rephrase that. Your husband doesn't have time. As you said, he's normally wounded. I need him to be alive to fight the good fight. And you need him alive because he's the father of your child. There was no way I could take Clay with me to Aaron. I'd be powerless if something went wrong. He needs a doctor, I said. She doesn't trust you, Clayton, murmured Terrence. She's a wise woman, said Clay, looking directly at me. Taking, talking about me while talking to me. She needs me to convince her. She needs me to convince her. He held his knife outward for me to see it. It looked like he was going to lay it down as a peace offering. He raised his knife. He was behind Terrence. So it almost looked like he was going to poke him with it for just a half second. I wondered if he would. A delirious thought. Maybe that would make no sense at all. Yet, that is exactly what he did. Clay Hobson plunged his knife into the neck of his partner. There you have it. There is the third chapter.
of this episode. Are you ready? Are you ready? chapter of this episode. Let's begin. Terrence slumped forward onto his knees. I didn't move. I, I didn't scream. All I could do was stare as a large stream of dark red liquid began to cascade down his chest, shining in the sunlight. I was still down, so now the two of us were kneeling, near yards away, facing each other like some sort of bizarre royal ritual. The blade was large. As Terence reached back to grab the handle, he found that he couldn't even raise his arms. All he could do was look at me, toward me. Why? Clay must have seen it on my face. Why did you stab your friend? To protect you, answered Clay, without my asking. He stepped toward and withdraw. He stepped forward and withdrew the blade from Terence's neck. I was wa- I was watching close, petrified. He looked up and held my gaze. Then he screamed. Then he seemed to recognize my fear and tossed it on the ground, seemingly in dem- demonstration of a truce. I never wanted it to come to this, he said. He was about to bail his soul. I could feel it. Sadly, these are the forces we're up against. Exhibit A, he gestured toward Terence's body. Exhibit B, the body of the SUV driver. Exhibit C, the body floating down the river. Aaron and I, he said, we're facing powers are well beyond our control. And I had to find the right moment. Terence wanted to kill you, and I desperately needed to protect Aaron. I was trembling. Well, 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 what is this? I asked, referring to the entirely of the debacle. The company, the men, my husband, the history, everything. There isn't time, he replied. We have to hurry. Terrence was... There isn't time, he replied. We have to hurry. Terrence was on the ground. Fast down. It was over for him. I felt sick despite the fact that this wasn't even the first dead body I'd seen on his wonderful vacation. Clay used, used a booted foot to push him over, and it roared with a strange limpness. There was something rather vacant about a corpse, the way the shoulder flops over, the feet surrender, the 
Explanation is space. Clay kneeled, expecting the body. I doubt it. It was easy for him to do what he did, but it was hard to detect delicate to detect tell tell signs of a conscious in clay. He seemed fine. He looked over to tell me the heavy words I knew were eventually coming. Aaron's not innocent. I didn't have a response. But he's a good man, he continued, and you will need my help if you want to bring him to a doctor. You let that sit for a second. He stood up. Need his help? His help? I was suspicious, but I knew I had no choice. A doctor? I questioned. The the clots, the clock sticking. I had to up, oblige him. In all these outlandish happenings, it made sense that the only way out was an outless awful. All right, I said, but on one condition. Name it. The keys to the SUV. I carried them. He dug in his pocket and tossed them to me. No no hesitation. He was willing to do whatever I wanted. I had more to say, more to demand. The rifle, I hold it. There was a natural pause here, but I hit him with a third condition before he could object. And you, I said, you keep in front of me. He weighed his options, looking across the canyon and the river, with so many nooks and crannies where one might hide. He stepped forward, closer to me, but not entrustively so. I nodded to the river. He seemed to know immediately what I meant. What I meant. We'd be hiking upstream. I slung the rifle over my shoulder. The upper hand was mine now. It was tangible. Not because of the weapon, but because of the map in my head. Let's go, I said to him. Let's let's go save lives, he said back. Then you have it. <clears throat> then you have it, guy. It's four more jackets, guy. Then you have it. Four more. Then you have it, guys. Four more chapters. I'll see you next time. Four. 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 For four more chapters, guys, okay? I'll see you for four more. Adios.